Hello and welcome to the Celtic View podcast. My name is Martin DL, Celtic View reporter, and this week I'm delighted to see him once again joined by Celtic View editor Paul Cuddehy. How are you doing, Martin? I'm good, thanks, Paul. And my fellow Celtic View reporter, Mark Henderson. Thanks very much, Martin. It's good to have us all back together. It's uh, been a long time since the last podcast, and it was last week, but obviously the days are stretching on, and there's been so many games for Celtic over the past week as well. We started off this week by vanquishing our city rivals at Hamden, in the League Cup semi-final. Then we had a midweek stop-off in Dingwall where we beat Ross County 4-0 after a very tough game. And this weekend we face the prospect of travelling to Aberdeen to face our actual league rivals, the Dons, who've been our closest competitors for the past two years and are keeping up that process again this year. Now, before we launch into this week's podcast, which has got a couple of interviews from this week's Celtic View... Mark, you're going to tell us about the first of those interviews, which was actually with Musa Dembele, and it came right at the start of the week at Hamden. Tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, right in the aftermath of that uh, fantastic day at the National Stadium, Musa Dembele, of course, the hero of the hour, the name on everyone's lips, and that goal. We had a good chat about uh, what led his emotions, really, of finding the net. Three minutes to go in a Glasgow derby at Hampton to put Celtic into the first final of the season. So uh, a memorable moment for Musa, uh, a great day for the Celtic supporters and a fantastic performance all round from the team. So he had plenty to reflect on about that game. So more from Musa coming up later. Thanks very much for that, Mark. But just now we're going to launch into the main interview from this week's Celtic View. Now, it is a very short clip that you're going to hear just because of some of the audio background. They're a very, very busy Lennox Town, as you can imagine, as saying it's a busy week for the team as well. Craig has uh, changed his identity somewhat at Celtic this year. I'm not just talking about the beard that he's been growing. Uh, he's been adapting his game as a goalkeeper, learning to pass the ball and uh, keep the ball rotating for Celtic. And here's a small sample of what he had to say to this week's Celtic View. Do you think you're carving out a new identity for yourself as a keeper? Like, is it a new feather to your bow, that kind of thing? Well... Yeah, I, thought, I always I, thought your distribution was good. I, I, <laughs> I think it's something that I've been able to do, um, but never really been asked to do it to this extent before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also within the plans that I've have to do it too. Um, the areas have to kick the people and the players and the different abilities that they have. So there's there's a lot more triggers, a lot of things going on in front of me that I have to look out for, which mm-hmm. in itself is a bigger challenge. I've got to be a lot more aware of, of where the players are. Uh, even during open play, when the ball's coming back, I have to be to be able to look around and see what the the next option is, not only for me but for the the players I'm playing the ball to. So mm-hmm. the, mentally, there's a lot more things going on and. It's not just a case of getting the ball back and, and playing it first time. Sometimes that might be the right thing to do, but you know, it's always looking for for the next option, and, and that's something a different mindset that you know, I've had to, to kind of focus on, and, and the, the concentration that, that that brings with it as well. So you know, there's, there's other things to think about, but it's, uh, it's definitely something that I feel I'm capable of doing, um, uh, and hopefully I can continue to, to improve and get better that. So Celtic goalkeeper Craig Gordon talking about his new role at uh, as Celtic's number one, taking on a much uh, bigger importance with the ball at his feet. And Paul, something that we've we've all seen over the past couple of games since Craig's come back into the team. I think it's actually to his credit, and I think you know it says a lot about his character that 
you know, it was one of the things that Brendan Rodgers identified that he wants his goalkeeper to do. Doris De Vries came in, played a few games. It's evident that behind the scenes, Craig's working on that every single day with Stevie Woods and the rest of the goalkeepers because already you see he's more comfortable when the ball's played back to him. He's maybe just taking a few extra seconds looking for the pass. There's still occasional, I think, from fans, flutters of, of anxiety whenever he's playing those passes, but he looks as cool as a cucumber. But he certainly... You know, I think it's his attitude that's that's gotten back. You know, we've spoke about it before, the fact he was out for so long. Only somebody with with that kind of mental power, you know, determination to to do well, it's gotten back to this level. And he's obviously it's been identified an area of the game that he's got to work on, and it's it's obvious he's doing it and doing it very well actually. Yeah, as Paul hinted that there, Mark Craig's not really had his challenges to seek as a goalkeeper, and you know he still has his wee moments where your your heart. He had one against Ross County the other night there as well, but overall, how important do you think it is for, say, a goalkeeper in general to be able to distribute the ball well, but also a team like Celtic where, you know, a goalkeeper like Craig could be kicking the ball as much as actually making saves? It's really important, and I think we've already seen it in a lot of the games recently where Craig started off a number of uh, important attacks for Celtic. Just by getting the ball out quickly to the fullbacks, uh, I think that's a, a regular feature of our play. When the ball goes to Craig, he's always looking to put it to one of the advanced fullbacks on the touchline. And if he can get the ball there and clear maybe three or four of the opposition players, Celtic are suddenly in space in a really promising position. And it's created a lot of chances for us in, in, in the past couple of games. And as Paul spoke about, it really is credit to Craig's uh, mental fortitude. You know, a lot of goalkeepers, who's play, who someone like Craig who's played at the highest level in the Premier League, played for his country, could have sulked and, you know... Um, really just uh, gone off the picture a little bit if, if they'd been dropped out of the team, you know, f after, you know, performing at that level for so long, a new manager coming in, but not Craig, you know, he thought, right, how can I get back in the team? And he's worked very hard at improving that element of his game. And as Paul spoke about, we've already seen the, the improvements, uh, you know, in every game he plays, when he gets the ball at his feet now, he looks composed, he's always looking for the pass, and you can see Brendan Rodgers in the touchline as well applauding Craig when, when he does it, and, uh, you know, even sometimes it doesn't work out, but what it does, it's always making the opposition think as well that, you know, if they go and close Craig down, that they're also leaving gaps at the back too, so it just creates that little bit of doubt in the opposition's mind, so I'm delighted for Craig personally, um, you know, we've, we've spoken about him a few times this season, uh, he was determined to get back in the team and play in the Champions League. He's done that now. He's back in the Celtic first team, and it's going to take a lot of uh, someone really, really strong to get that shirt off his back again. Because you know, once he's he's got his position back, he's he's, he's going to be desperate to retain it. As you say, it's kind of testament to him to have gone away, uh, spent that time out of the team, and not sulked or not lost his. Um, he's focused, he's, he's come back into it and one of the things he talks about uh, in the article is the impact of Stevie Woods um, now Paul you've been at the, the club sort of longer than, than Stevie Woods but you've kind of seen the conveyor belt of excellent keepers that he's helped produce, would you say that Craig is, is another one in the, in the line of those? I think it's one of it's been one of our great strengths in recent years I mean it's always, it's one of those great debates come back even to the early years of you know when Martin O'Neill was there is was that a role or was that a position that we could have, when you look at elsewhere in the team, the, the quality, did we always have the best goalkeeper? The answer's probably no. Mm. But, um, and that's not to sort of denigrate anybody that was playing, but I think that, that you know, starting with Arthur Boric and then Fraser Foster and now Craig Gordon, I mean, it's top-class goalkeepers and, and you see the difference it makes. And as you say, it's, 
Stevie Woods is just obviously so highly regarded, and and I think more than anything, it's when you listen to the likes of, of Fraser Foster and Craig Gordon talking about him, it's it's not just as a coach, but it's almost like as a mentor, and because it's such a a unique position, and and I think I think mental the mental aspect of being a goalkeeper is probably more than any other position in the team so important. It's obviously Stevie helps him in that aspect in terms of concentration. Uh, you know how to bounce back from mistakes or, or setbacks, such as you know for Craig getting dropped and then coming back into the team, and he, he's such an important person behind the scenes. And he talks about that at, at length, actually, in the the body of the article in this week's Celtic View. Um, he says how you know Stevie is more than just a goalkeeping coach for him; he's a friend outside of work as well. And uh, he was there, still speaking to Craig every morning, telling him. You know, these are the things that you need to do to get yourself back into the team. Not to the detriment of Doris de Vries, just to improve all of the keepers. And he says, you know, when you're out in the training field, it's not just a case of um, would you just hitting footballs at goalkeepers. Everything is done with a plan, and you can see that uh, as well. And it's great, I think, for Craig, a guy who's 33, I think. Uh, now that he's made it to the Champions League, he's done everything that he has set out to do in his career. Uh, yet he's still willing to learn. He is, and you know, just going back to Stevie Woods uh, briefly, I think it's no surprise to see that all the, the former goalkeepers that have left the club, you know, Arthur, Fraser, I think are still always stay in touch with Stevie because he was su- they know he was a big influence on their careers too, and I think he's always someone that they can stay in touch with for advice and counsel at times in their career. So uh, it just shows the importance of a goalkeeping coach as well, and it always amazes me when you look back even 20-25 years and clubs didn't even have goalkeeping coaches. It just coaches wasn't a thing. Yeah. It's so fundamental to every team now in world football that you have to start off with a strong goalkeeper and uh, it's such a specialised position. To think there was no goalkeeping coach at most clubs really until the, the 1990s, uh, it was only became a common theme. And the identity, I think, of Craig, he sort of talked about it in that wee clip there as well, but him as a goalkeeper at Celtic has changed. He's now is almost part of the outfield players you know it's not like well the ball's coming back you, that's whatever the team was doing up until the ball went back to the keeper it's just done now Craig keeps momentum going he keeps the ball in possession he keeps cycling it and uh, always trying to find uh, a fresh player yeah and it's, I mean just to slightly sidetrack as you said in your, your introduction he has got a, a tremendous beard now as well he he's, does you've, you've, do. you've commendable but <laughs> I mean I, I think sometimes if you if you go to a game and you watch uh, Stevie Woods warming up with the goalkeepers. I mean, st- uh, Stevie's passing and his touch, you know, with the ball at his feet is absolutely exceptional. I mean, his the accuracy and his passes and clearances are, is brilliant. So sometimes it's, I just sit in the stand and just watch. But is it, we, when we said just right at the start, that Craig's definitely is working on that, and and I think he's learning from somebody who obviously is very comfortable with the ball at his feet as well. And um, another person who is obviously very comfortable with the ball at their feet and putting the ball into the back of the net for another seamless segue here, the Celtic View podcast, is uh, Moussa Dembele. Uh, The man has been, quite simply, on fire for Celtic recently. Um, His goal-scoring exploits have been fantastic. Lethal in front of goal, as he proved again on Wednesday night against Ross County. But prior to that, he scored the decisive goal at the National Stadium and what a goal it was. And uh, we're going to let you hear Mark's conversation with Musa just now, which you can also get in this week's Celtic View. Musa, um, 
the finish? Was it instinctive or did you have it in your mind when, when Lee got the ball that you were going to do something like that? Because it was a, a brilliant piece of skill. No, as a striker, you know, when the ball comes, you, you don't really have the time to think. You have to, to react quickly and, and that's what I've done. The ball was a bit behind me, but it was a great ball, but it was a bit behind me and and I just I just done what I've done and, and I didn't think before before I've done it and, and thankfully it's uh, in the back of the net. And uh, the emotions, you must have felt fantastic running towards the Celtic supporters. Yeah, I felt great, you know, when uh, when you score you don't always feel uh, feel something special and and today was more, more even more special, you know, in the semi final of the cup. Scoring the winner, you know, it's great for me and, and hopefully I can keep going putting scoring important goal like this. What did you make of the atmosphere today? Yeah, it was great, it was great, it was half and half, but you know, uh, I don't really listen to, to the to the away fans when yeah. we play, you know. Uh, I only, only listen to, to our our fans and, and I think that they were great and, and they support us until the end and we all got uh, got uh, what we what we wanted to. And then did that help you in the second half? They kept driving you on, driving you on? Yeah, of course because you know we had a lot of chances, you know, we we could be disappointing and, and uh, put our head down but you know we, we still we still focus and, and uh, and we took the chances when we come, and, and it's a teamwork, so we're all glad that we, we won today, and now we have to focus on the games coming, and it's fun we come when, when, when the time will come. And uh, also the, the team showed great fitness levels as well, and just seemed to get stronger as the game went on. Did you feel that inside yourselves on, on the pitch too? Yeah, obviously we're getting stronger and stronger. You know, we had a good pre-season, we, had, we played a lot of games this season already, and, and you know, we we are sharper and sharper every day, and, and, and I think you can, you can see that from, from in the pitch. And uh, everything at Celtic is working out brilliantly for you so far. How have you enjoyed your first few months at, at, at Celtic Park? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You know, this is my first first away goals. You know, I've been waiting a long time for it, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's been it's been great since since the first day I came here. You know, I always have been uh, been focused and, and try to give hundred percent in, in every game. And you know, the supporters were helped me helped me a lot, and, and I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, it seems incredible. That's your first goal away from Celtic Park. Yeah. It was worth the wait, though. Yeah, yeah, I've been waiting a lot for it, but you know, it was. I think it was the most important one, and, and now you know, we've got a lot of games coming before before the final. And uh, as you talked about the team as well, it's a great team spirit in that Celtic dressing room. Just tell us how it feels, and then after a match like that, everyone obviously celebrating together. Yeah, we all celebrate together. You know, we all we all won. We all we all won. You know, so. So yeah, it's a team teamwork, team spirit, and, and I think that's why I want us the game today, and, and that's why we we'll, we'll go far this season, and we'll have a lot of success because of the team and and, and the, the the team spirit that we have. And uh, cup final to look forward to now as well. First chance to pick up silverware in your career. I guess that's one of the reasons why you joined the club in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason why I joined Celtic because Celtic is a winning club. You know, we used to to win trophies, and, and that's what I wanted to do. I want to win trophies. As a football player, and, and, and I've got the chance now. So, but before that, we got 90 minutes against against Aberdeen. But mm-hmm. you know, the, the game will come. You know, I don't really think about the final yet. You know, we have a lot of games to come in before. And well, another fantastic interview with Musa Dembele and Mark. Musa has been a regular feature of the View already this season, and you know, well, that was his 14th goal in 19 games. Then he capped off with 15 and 20. Uh, against Ross County, you can understand why he's in the mag almost every two weeks. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's almost every two weeks because he hadn't scored a goal outside Celtic Park until Hamden, so we were able to keep him off the the front page uh, for a while. But now he started scoring away from home, obviously getting the goal against Ross County in midweek too. So there just seems nothing that can stop him uh, at the moment. He's in imperious form. Uh, scoring goals um, from every angle in the box but also uh, interestingly enough 
Um, some of the social media guys in the office were putting up some graphics about Moose's goals and all his goals have been in the 12-yard box that he scored for Celtic, all uh, 15 goals, which is quite fascinating to be honest because I'd not something I'd really thought about, but he is a real predator. He's not scoring goals from 18 yards or 20 yards. I mean, he's got a good shot on him, but he shows he's in the right place at the right time and for a striker, that's such a valuable commodity. Especially when we play sort of four two three one, and we can have so much of the ball sometimes outside the box, and it's such a, a reliable uh, asset to have. You know, you've got that guy in the box who will just finish for you. And to be fair, we've had that with Lee Griffiths. You know, so many of his goals last year did come from kind of penalty box strikes. But Paul, do you find it weird this year that you know we're talking about uh, Lee Griffiths not being in the Celtic team, but Again, nothing against Lee, but it's not nobody's really that unhappy about it. You know, it's it's not it's not a bad situation. I mean, I'm sure Lee Griffiths personally would be frustrated. I think that would be the word because mm-hmm. he he just wants to play and having scored the forty goals last season, and he was to be fair, he was the guy in possession of that that jersey, that position, and it's kind of similar to Patrick Roberts. Both him and Patrick Roberts picked up injuries. Moussa Dembele and James Forrest came in and have played so well that the manager can't drop them. And I think that's the way the manager wants it to be. If you get in and you stake a claim and you do well the way that Moose has done, you can't can't drop them because then the challenge is to the players who are waiting on the sidelines, well, you need to then do better than the guys on the pitch. And it can only that can only continue to improve. Um, and he ha- you do kind of run out of things to say about Moose Dembele. And you keep thinking, he's only 20. He's only just turned 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a big game player. I think it is definitely a matter of time before he's called up to the, the French national side. I think the day after he scored that goal at Hamden, uh, Zidane, Zinedine Zidane was on, uh, was in the media saying that he should stay here for a couple of years because he thinks it's the best way to develop. But if you know if he's on the radar of people like Zidane, then European football, certainly the French national team, know all about him. And it can only be good for us, good for him as well. But I think now that he's, as Mark said last week, it was remarkable, his first goal away from Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. He's now got two and two. I think he's just going to keep scoring. It was interesting that say he's he's national he's international future. He made that step up from under twenties to under twenty ones with the France international team. Two games, I think it was two friendlies in the uh, international break recently, and he scored in both games. So there doesn't seem to be a challenge that's you know too great for him. Um, a hat trick in his first Glasgow derby, uh, four goals in two games. Um, against them it's just it's incredible and as you say Paul perhaps a concern for us if we're already running <laughs> out of things to say about Musa. I must say I did like the headline in the front of the, the view this week uh, Demolition Derby that, that was inspired part two part two yeah. of course yeah and a subliminal plug for the uh, Demolition Derby DVD as well, <laughs> which yes. from the 5-1 game. Subtle, really subtle. Yeah, right. but, I mean, you were talking about Lee Griffiths there. I mean, how unlucky can you get? You know, f- score 40 goals last season, start the season on fire again. I mean, remember those goals against Beersheva and the Champions League qualifiers. You get injured for the Glasgow Derby, first Glasgow Derby of the season, and then your replacement comes in and scores a hat-trick on his debut and yeah. absolutely torments the opposition. Um and from then on, Musa has just been unstoppable. I mean, every game he plays, he's got he's got every uh, every ingredient to be a top striker. He's fast, he's strong, good control technique, and uh, ev- no one in Scotland has managed to find a way of stopping him. And uh, you know, Manchester City as well. 
and it's just, it's just it's on a crest of a wave. Uh, I mean, even past his driving test this week. So, say, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure there's a few driving puns that uh, we can use <laughs> in the Hope view over the coming weeks. Keeps his pedal to the metal. Oh dear. Stays in top gear. <laughs> <laughs> I just always go back to whenever we talk about him, and I, I've probably mentioned this before, but the I think it was the game against Aloha in the League Cup, and Steve McManus was doing the cool commentary for Celtic TV. And he just could not praise Moussa Dembele more. And he obviously very quickly, as a as a fellow professional, as a defender, identified and, and spoke about all his strengths. And, and they've kind of just come to fruition already. So obviously other players see what he brings to the, the table. It's that it brings versatility to our striking force as well. If we do continue to you know, persist with the solo striker, um, you've got the option of Lee, you've got the option of uh, Moussa on... The, the, imagine the deadly prospect of playing both of them together and we were saying this the other night they're following commentary for the Ross County game um, the only thing more dangerous than an informed Lee Griffiths is a Lee Griffiths that's been kept out of the team and uh, you could see he was sort of frustrated against Ross County the other night there and then you have Musa who who came on and uh, you know within 20 minutes it sort of influenced the game and score one of the you'd say the, the killer goals of the night um, but moving on from uh, Musa and, and the Ross County victory and uh, the weekend victory at Hamden. We're looking ahead to the weekend and the week that follows. Uh, a lot of content in the Celtic view about this as well, but this weekend, a big clash against uh, Aberdeen at Pataudry. Derek McInnes' side are proven to be you know, our, our strongest title contenders once again in saying that we could go 10 points clear with a game in hand if we do beat them. So, guys, what's your thoughts heading into this weekend's match, starting with yourself, Paul? I mean, certainly last season they, they beat us twice up, up at Pataudry and it was, they were tough games. They're always tough games. And, and it's almost like two different teams, I think. When you play Aberdeen down at Celtic Park, they, they do not play as well. I, I think certainly Pataudry seems tighter. It just the, the surface doesn't seem as good. It's, it, it seems to suit them, and they just—it's always a very physical game. So, I think they'll give us a game, and I, you know they'll—they'll they'll know that they can't afford to lose if they have even any aspirations. They—they they, they obviously want to be second. I think they—they st- actually think that they can't catch us anyway. But it would be remarkable if we could go ten points clear this after ten games. And Mark Aberdeen, a side that went unbeaten. Not only that, but they won every single match for, I think, six or seven games in a row after we beat them at Celtic Park. And then, obviously, they had their slip-up during the week against Hamilton, owed in part to a controversial penalty decision, which we've all been on... Well, Celtic have been on the end of a few times. Um, But what's your thoughts looking at this match at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I was really, really surprised at that result in the midweek. I mean, Aberdeen have actually had quite a lot of good performances down at Hamilton in recent years. Um, And for them, you know, they've been on the back of six wins. I know they had quite a gruelling game at Hamden as well at the weekend, but you expected them to be full of confidence and go and pick up three points there. But nonetheless, uh, they're still in relatively good form. um, And... The way they set up at Petondre always makes it difficult. I think the last few times we've played there, they're very compact, uh, play a lot of men behind the ball, allow us to have most of the possession and try to really hit us in the break, um, You know, try and exploit the space in behind our full-backs. McGinn on one side, Hayes on the other. Rooney, you would expect uh, to be deployed through the middle and then trying to get the midfield runners involved. Kenny McLean, 
James Madison who's obviously been a revolution, revelation since signing in loan as well from English football so they have real threats in the team and it's all about that early goal I think that's vital if Celtic get it Aberdeen have to push out and we've got such a threat up front now that you just expect us to get chances on the counter attack Aberdeen get the early goal gives them impetus gives them more fuel to, to see out the game and they'll be able to sit in and play the game they prefer I mean I, I, we, I think we saw it against Rangers the way Aberdeen played against Rangers as well they played the same way they sat in were compact allowed Rangers to have the ball they didn't really do much uh, but when it came to the critical moments in the game they had the firepower to go in and win that you mentioned there, Mark, about the, some of the signings Aberdeen have made and the return uh, of some of their players, their key players, uh, to fitness, which I guess has helped them on that winning run. Uh, but speaking of kind of team selection, we obviously made eight changes during the week against Ross County. With the Munchen Gladbach game on the horizon on the Tuesday, uh, do you think there will be a, a thought from the manager to? You'd be tempted to still rest one or two of your regular starters. Do you think he's going to go all the way? I think he'll go all out with the strongest team. I think because he, he identifies Aberdeen as our nearest challengers, and I think he used the Ross County partly to give you know an incentive to some of the, the fringe players, but certainly to give a rest to the likes of Scott Brown, Kieran Tierney, you know, and one or two others who just came off the bench who have maybe been playing a lot of games. It, it worked out really well, and the guys that came in, I thought, did well. So he'll go back, I think, to more or less what you would imagine to be our, our strongest start in 11 for, for this game because he knows if we can set a marker down on beating Aberdeen twice already this season and obviously the League Cup final coming up against them, I think it's quite an important psychological advantage we'll have. So uh, an important victory at the weekend would be not only great for the league but as a mental dress rehearsal for the League Cup final at the end of November. Um, and then mark that massive game against Borussia Mönchengladbach on Tuesday. Uh, we'll obviously be flying out on Monday to do that. The view will be coming out the day after the game, so we'll talk a wee bit about it just now. A massive group, a massive match for Celtic in the context of the group, but just how are your feelings ahead of this game? Um, well, I think we have to go into the game with no fear. You know, I think uh, they really impressed when they played here. Um, you know, a very streetwise, slick, classy team, move the ball around with real pace and vigour, um, physically uh, in fantastic shape, they were able to run about the whole game, really denies the space we like at home, they've obviously done their homework on, on the team too, so you know, KT, who you usually see bombing up and down that left flank, his attacking instincts were curtailed as well, so I was very impressed in the way they set up in the game, considering they had four players out injured, four key players too. Um, they were one of the best teams I've seen play at Celtic Park in recent years, but you know, nonetheless, um, we were defeated on the night. But we go over there, with, you know, with fresh ho hope and optimism. We're still in great form. We have got great player, you know, excellent players going forward who can cause them problems, and it might suit us a little bit better there. You know, that if they are going to push forward a bit more, it might give us a chance to maybe hit them on the break. Um, so I'm, I'm still going there, with optimistic that we can get a result. And, uh, you know, stranger things have happened in Europe than, you know, f for us to go there and, and get three points. And if we do that, you know, we're back in pole position in this group um, and for at least getting that third pl that third spot. So, it's look, it's going to be a really hard game. Everyone knows it, but um, with the way Celtic are playing at the moment, you know, we, sh we should go into every game with confidence that we can get something. Yeah, I think the the matches in the Champions League for Celtic have been so drastically different with every team. For, I think from a, a, a mental aspect from the fans and the team and the the manager as well if you look at the Barca match 
no one expected us to get anything. Almost ourselves, we didn't really expect to get anything. We didn't get anything from the game. We had the hardest game in the group first, playing Barca away. Then you play against Man City at home. You know it's going to be a great night, a fantastic night under the floodlights. Uh, but still, everyone in the media and everyone kind of in football who has a an opportunity to voice an opinion really said, you know, we weren't going to get anything. And then you end up with a 3-3 draw. And then you go into the match against Borussia Mönchengladbach, a match where, you know, really you were hoping to get something out of it and that, that perhaps that weight of expectancy. But then, as you say, you could have no arguments with uh, the German side leaving Celtic Park with all three points on that night. So I think mentality comes into it again uh, for this match. We're away from home. Every statistician, every bookies in the world will be, uh, you know, paying out massive odds for Celtic to take anything away from Germany, given a, a recent European record away from home. But I'm quietly confident, I think, you go into this match knowing that, you know, if you don't do anything here, the, pr- the prospects of certainly qualification or U- European football are essentially over. Um, so you're going to have to do something, but the German side will be aware of that as well. So I think it bodes for a, a, a really interesting match. And before we just wrap things up there, then for this week's Celtic View, I'll get both of your scorecasts for Saturday and Tuesday. We'll start with yourself, Paul, Aberdeen and Gladbach. What are you giving us? Uh, at Pataudry, Celtic to win 3 1, Sviachenko first goal. Every week. <laughs> well, listen, it, 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 I would have been right, and uh, my, my learned friend who uh, does like a flutter, uh, was denied by the most inexplicable refereeing decision at Hamden for a, you know, a perfectly legitimate goal. So uh, 3-1, Sviachenko first goal. I mean, for, I have to be honest, for Tuesday night, if my my heart would say we could get a draw, but I, I think it, we might, it might just end up in a, a narrow defeat, unfortunately. OK, and Mark, yourself? Well, actually, uh, contrary to most Celtic uh, Celtic Aberdeen games at Petondre recently, I think there's going to be quite a lot of goals in this one. I'm going to go 4-2 Celtic. Um, I just think that Celtic, uh, the way we're playing just now, we're, I think we can score early. It's going to force Aberdeen out and it's going to make for a, an open and entertaining contest uh, and I expect this bill to come out on top. Uh, first goal scorer, well, I think Paul might be right. I think Celtic... Uh, could threaten from set pieces again. So whether it's Eric Sviachenko or Jozo Semyonovic, who are the centra- central defenders, I think were due a goal from that position. They've come close so many times in recent weeks. So I'm going to go for Jozo or Eric to get on the score sheet first in that game. Obviously, two names. I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> but you get my drift. Uh, f- Full time score for uh, Gladback. What are you thinking? Uh, I think it's going to be. I'm going to go for a, a 2-1 Celtic victory. Oh, confidence. Well, you have to be. You have to go there with, with optimism. And, right. uh, you know, you can be the first to congratulate me <laughs> after the, the final whistle. Well, I'm the same as you. I'm confident, but I'll, I'll come to that in a wee second. I think for uh, Aberdeen at the weekend, I think 3-0 Celtic and Aberdeen are getting a man sent off. Um, I think we're going to score early, and I think Aberdeen are uh, going to lose the nut in the second half, try to chase the game. And just like Ross County will be, our fitness always prevails in the second half of games just now. And I think if you've got somebody like Moussa Dembele or a frustrated Lee Griffiths coming into the game late on, just be able to pick them off. So I, I'm, I'm confident for that uh, 3-0 at Celtic. And for Borussia Mönchengladbach, away from home, Celtic 1-0. Uh, I think... I don't see us scoring more than one on the road in Europe, but I do have much more confidence in our defence over recent weeks. 
We've kept a lot of clean sheets. And um, I think if the manager goes for the kind of fresher partnership of Svechenko and Suminovic at the heart of the defence, with Brown and Beaton sitting in front and a more kind of defensive-minded uh, Lustig and KT at either side rather than bombing forward, Craig Gordon informing goals, Mr Dembele up front, I think, we can, I think we can get it. I do think we can get it. Well, fingers crossed, Martin. That, that would be fantastic. I mean, if we could get a result over there against a team that's so strong at home, then... You know, it would really set us up for the rest of the campaign. So, uh, yeah, I think you're you're all, I think you're filling us with fresh, <laughs> fresh optimism and positivity ahead of the game. So, f- ho- hopefully, we can get the job done. Fingers crossed, and hopefully, uh, you know, this time last uh, next week, you'll have digested another Celtic View podcast, which will have the elation of a Celtic victory in the Champions League on the road. And hopefully we'll be 10 points clear at the top of the SPFL Premiership with the game in hand as well. But that is uh, next week. That's all still to come. Fingers crossed for it all. But until next time, thank you very much for listening. And take care if you're going to see the game at the weekend and if you're coming to Germany to see the Celts take on Bruce and Gladbach as well. And until next time, hail here.